This episode of the Good Ship Brothership is brought to you by Mazda. Mazda, empower the drive. Mazda, it's what makes a Mazda a Mazda. So so. Show. <laughs> I feel like it could be kind of gross. True. And although that is just what I do in the home environment, I feel like pushing out burps on a live broadcast like this, going out. Over the airwaves of the CBC. CB. I imagine this show is like a beautiful woman sitting in the room with us. You wouldn't push it. Well, you shouldn't push out one of it, those burps. It really depends on who the lady was and what I wanted to achieve. Holy matrimony? Well, I mean, if you have a... Yeah, I don't know. You got me there. <laughs> Welcome to the Good Ship Brothership episode 9. Yes. My name is... Jason. And his name is Grant. Um, What are we talking about today, Grant? Okay, you totally botched the (laughs) intro. It's you're listening to the Good Ship Brothership, the only podcast that covers... uh, Wait, hold... Okay. (laughs) I'm so sorry. We need to open the dialogue. Welcome to Car Talk. (laughs) Okay, where is it? You're we listening have... to CBC Radio 1, the only podcast that covers the far left and the far left. Uh, wait, Brothership? Where? Okay. Brothership we... intro. Okay. You're, You're aboard, aboard the Good Ship Brothership, the, the only arts podcast, podcast that covers film, music, gaming, and literature, and, and Charlotte's Web. <laughs> I'm Jason. Jason, and this is my brother, Asamid. <laughs> what are we talking about today? <laughs> Today we're talking about the hit movie Jaws and the hit album Automaton by Jamiroquai. Yes. I don't know that it's... Jamiroquai is one of those guys who's definitely not like indie, but he's also not super huge. He's cult. Yeah, I guess. He's got a, a pervasive cult following, and I'd say he's pretty... Mainstreamy, I, I mean, guess. You don't hear, but him he's on... not like mainstream, mainstream. No, but he's at the very t- upper end yeah. of cult status. You know, I went to Zares yesterday. Walked in. They were playing Amy Grant from that. Uh, really? What's, yeah. What's that black and white? Like no, like it takes a little time. So, and Isn't I was like, the same album. Yeah. Is um, that the one that they were playing? Yeah. And I was like, hmm, could be weird. worse. Some '90s Amy Grant. Amy Grant. Someone. I feel like we'll never actually review Amy Grant, but pretty no, decent. No, we won't. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You got a little <laughs> too excited for a second. Yeah. <laughs> That's my excited music. Okay. Should we get into it? Yeah. Uh, we're recording this maybe later than we've recorded any others. It's no, 10.30. We, we recorded one. That's true. On the Thursday, though. That That's one true. was probably not your fault. This one wasn't my fault. It was your fault. No, it wasn't. I'm blaming this It was not my fault. Yes, it was. It's not that it wasn't not my fault. Oh, It yeah. just wasn't my wow. fault either. That's the backpedalist no, thing I've ever a, heard. It was a okay. joint fault. Okay, let's flip the puppet. We let's all have at least one fault, that don't we? It was Jason's fault. That no, it wasn't. Is going Let me flip the puppet. You're not going to flip the puppet if this is your fault. Okay. But what if I bought you cookies? Face up, you didn't. Face up is Jamiroquai, and face down is... Uh, I bought cookies. <laughs> Jaws. You didn't, or else they'd be out here now. Maybe I'll get them. Sure, yeah. I'll get them okay. when we play the theme music, We're okay? We're going to do Jamiroquai first. But first, 
Time for me to get the cookies. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, Jason's gonna go... I can't remember what number it is. What's the theme music? Oh, that's not it. Hold on. <laughs> 99? Yeah, no, it's 98. See, that'll mess a man up. Should I... <laughs> Are there cookies? Yeah, go get the cookies. Yeah. Go find the cookies, Jason, you lying lizard. You absolute lizard. Oh! I've, I've never been so wrong. I have cookies. I love myself. Why did you lie to me? I did. I said you I did. You lied with your eyes. <laughs> your mouth said you had cookies. Your eyes said you didn't. And your brain, your body did. He's an older brother, so he's conditioned to not believe everything I say. So a lot of times, the easiest way to deceive him is just to tell him the truth. I'm gonna do the intro again because this is when we're supposed to do it. You're aboard the Good Ship Brothership, the only arts podcast that covers film, music, gaming, literature, and turbo speeding. <laughs> this is my brother Jason. I we're talking about Jamiroquai and some movie that nobody's seen. <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> turbo speeding. <laughs> Literally me. Okay, you get to choose who goes first on Jamiroquai because uh, I told you you were lying and I was wrong oh, okay. that, and I'm sorry. On the record, I'm sorry. You can have a cookie. Maybe you can give me a toonie afterwards because these are really expensive. The gluten-free cookies are ridiculously expensive. We are gluten-free. Um, these look. This looks like a good vintage. These mm. are Oreo-style cookies. Mm. This looks like a good vintage. Mm. The creams look looks very smooth and uniform yeah. across them all. And normally it looks like it was hand-applied with like a, Which a fork. Which is not a bad thing either. Um... I'll start first. My notes for these predictive for these my notes for this are <laughs> predictably scattered. Um, We're going so off the rails already. <laughs> I can't believe it. I just know it's that delicious. <laughs> the sun's coming up. It's gonna be a good morning. Yep. Okay. Um, I'll start, and you can butt in because I don't normally. I type up a semi-scripted review, and I just go off. This I just have a bunch of point form stuff, like um, what I normally do. Wow. Except I bought cookies. So, Automaton, overall, I really liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Hold on. Automaton Hold on. is... Yeah. Is that what you're going to do? we got to describe it a little bit. Ed, Ed Chu. I if you're listening to this. Hello. Edward. I'm so sorry you had to see us like this. Ed wanted us to play samples of the music. Unfortunately, we have no Wi-Fi at the moment, so we can't. And, uh, so, it's Jamiroquai. Uh, you heard a snippet of Nights, Nights in the, Out in the Jungle a second ago. So go listen to that right now. Um, welcome back. So, Jamiroquai is a EDM, would you say is fair? I'd say he's, um, Electro-pop? a retro-infused dance music. Uh, very, very obvious in your face yeah. disco influence. Um, if you've seen Napoleon Dynamite, Napoleon Dynamite dances to a Jamiroquai song at the end of, of Napoleon Dynamite. And, uh, spoilers. And, uh, that's pretty much, that's a pretty representative tune, I'd say. And when was the last time you put out another album? Seven years ago, yeah. I think. So this is kind of his, like, return to glory. There. It's, it there. is a band. Yeah. Um. I just always think of it as it's like the weekend. 
<laughs> you know, I'm always like, there are 20 of them, and then it's just, but it's just his hair. Deceives me. Also, um, before we dive into this, I know I keep cutting you off, I'm sorry, but we should say Toby Smith, Jumeriquai's keyboardist, passed away tragically. And I don't know, I don't know what the cause of death was yet, but he was 47 years old or 46 years old. And that, good legacy, like, though. Like, terrible. Uh-huh. And, like, right after they released this new album, and... It what a comeback for them after like mm-hmm. a, almost a decade being radio silent. They released this album and it's been uh, very well received. I think. Um, so, I don't know. So I really didn't expect to like it very much. Normally, I find music like this a little bit obnoxious and frankly, like unmusical is how I've described it to people before. Like, just I'm just saying electronic music in general because I haven't delved into it much. Um, this really surprised me and opened my mind a lot. I think it's taught me that there's a lot of advantages to an electronically based album that you just frankly can't get from analog. Um, and I mean, the inverse is also true. But I think not many albums can really cover the entire sonic range like Automaton. Like, there's almost never a moment where there's an empty spot in the soundscape, you know? It's always like something's going... It's very see, produced. Yeah. But Which in is, a wonderful way, because it's okay. just groove. Like it's, it's interesting that you say that, because when we reviewed Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino, back in episode album. number one, uh, that was one of our joint complaints about it, is that there was there were too few empty spaces, and that it felt too layered. But That's I feel like, like this album is about that full sound. I feel like Awaken My Love is sort of, like, if you listen to Redbone, is sort of this more, or should be this more, like, empty kind of groove soul. But Jamiroquai is just about, like, a... Jamiroquai is not soul. No. And and it doesn't have to be. It's style. Uh Uh-huh. Shameless plug for the Red Factors uh, Quiet High debut full-length album, Style and Soul, available on platforms around you. The first one's an EP. Um... I think the album exudes style, both in terms of the sound itself, but also the music videos. I don't know, like, did you, how many of the music videos did you watch? I saw the one for Automaton. Did you watch Cloud9's music video? No, this is going to sound bad. I believe I watched part of it. Ah. I heard the song many times, yeah. but. It's, like, beautifully shot. I, it's, like, I know him what it looks like, yeah. driving along in a Ferrari, and then there's the girl, and they're dancing, and then she's in this old Mercedes. They're in a bar. Um, they're in a bar. It's, like, beautifully shot. It kind of reminded me of Brandon Flowers' Lonely Town, just in, like, the colors. Not quite as good, but still pretty close. Not anywhere near no, as No, nothing's good. as good. We should do a topic on the best music videos sometimes. We it's should. that one. Um, well, now, now we can't. Thank you. Well, we Continue. still could. Uh, I think the title track's music video is, like, super vibrantly shot and intriguing and a great tone setter. I don't really know. I never really found, like, the story in it. It's just kind of him wandering around with his little helmet thing on. But I thought in terms of, like, a tone setter, mood piece, whatever you want to call it. It is quite the hat he has. That man. It's quite the sombrero. It's a robot sombrero. Um, It looks like he has the Metroid on his head. He looks sort of like a robot pine cone. Hmm. We're getting too off topic. I feel like it's bothering people. Somebody just turned off. bothering nobody's listening to us. I also do think it's an interesting mesh of analog and digital. Like, in something for about... <laughs> I almost said something for about you. 
Okay. My favorite meme. In page. the song, Something About You, um, there's this, like, <laughs> post-processing layered on thicker than an inmate's Vegemite is what I put on here. Um, both st- I thought it was funny. Both stylistically and tonally. But then there's also this really tight, like, distinctly human-sounding bass that holds it all together. What? I'm trying. I'm just wondering, is it tight like an inmate's Vegemite? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but there's like this really human tone to the bass. Like it's it's warm, but it's still like, you know, sharp and well contained, and I found that very pleasing. Um and this is a bit self indulgent, but I read car magazines, so I still put this down and I'm still gonna read it. Um, you, and you don't think the inmate Vegemite thing was self indulgent? I thought that was funny because it was Ready? making fun of Australians. That's the laugh you get from me, sir. <laughs> oh, okay. Continue. Um, the only the only thing that legitimately got on my nerves was how samey all his vocals were um, like through the whole album okay. I felt that his range both stylistically and tonally was and like literally and literally yeah. yeah that's what I meant by tonally but I don't know, I know what you mean um, but in terms of style and like literally is like way too small he his voice is fine but I think he just needs to really stretch himself a little bit more in terms of vocal department. And I found that, like, something that kind of pulled me out of this experience. Uh-huh. Um, then the only other thing I have, which isn't really a complaint, but definitely an observation, it's way more a collection of songs than a coherent album. Um, I mean, for sure there's a nice progression between the songs, but thematically there's no strong through narrative. Um but, I mean, it's also possible I just haven't discovered it yet. And also, I don't think every album needs to be a big concept album. Sometimes it's enough just to have, like, 12, or is it 12? Yeah. Um, really groovy tracks. And my standout tracks I put down are Automaton, Cloud9, Night Out in the Jungle, and literally every other track. This is actually one of my favorite albums that we've reviewed so far. Okay. Um. Yeah. I can't even find my... If it had come out last year, and we did our top five, where do you think it would have come? With Big Thief and... Uh, it would have... Vernon, what's his face? Justin Vernon. Justin He's also Vernon. known by Boney Bear. Um, Sorry, I couldn't think of the name. I think... Either. So, Cohen and Bowie would both be ahead of this. Yeah. And then it would have been a tight race between Bonnie Bear and this. Really? And then Big Thief would be behind it. Yikes! Wow. So okay. I really like. Man, you really did like it. So far, this is my favorite album of the year. Okay. Wow. Um, and I found my little thing. Well, you. you I said Kendrick yet. And I. Oh, that's true. And I said that uh, <laughs> this album sounds like the moment before the singularity. Humans are still in control of what's going on, but only just. Okay. Okay. Well, I think I. Didn't like it as much as you, and uh, and he- here's why. Now, I should start off by saying, we were talking about this, I mentioned this to you, we haven't done, like, any music that's... Uh, Risky that ro- for us. No, that rotates around the lyric, mm. the lyrics, the poetry of the lyrics. And for me, as a musician, and as a lyricist, and as a writer, that's the kind of music that I tend to make. Excuse me. And that's the kind of music that I tend... Oh, jeez. As soon as you start... You the stop Oreos drinking tea and you start... 
you stop drinking tea and you start talking, it's just all the gases. Those tea bubbles, man. Uh, I need to take off my toque. Um, that's the kind of music that I gravitate toward. That's the kind of music that sticks with me, and that's the kind of music that I make. So, with that in mind, take what I say with a grain of salt, obviously. One thing that immediately bothered me about Automaton as an album title and as a lead single is how um, how passe and redundant that theme has become with Muse releasing an album called Drones and everybody seems to be talking about, oh, when will robots become smarter than, than us? When will they take over? And the answer to that, of course, is never. I don't think that that's I think possible. they might be smarter than us eventually, but they're not going like, to Smarter, but they, to they can't us. outwit, yeah. you know. But, go ahead. What are you I just say? wanted to put it a non-sequitur now that I'm thinking go about this a bit Go ahead and break more. my roll. Um, break my stride. I would have to say that this album would go decently behind Bonnie Bear, but in front of Big Thief. Okay. Because I think I think they're similar sonically in terms of quality, but Bonnie Bear has way better writing. Anyways, no. continue. So... Initially, upon watching the music video for Automaton, listening to the lyrics, um, and then watching uh, an interview with J.K., the lead singer, I just thought... Who's surprisingly Australian. He's British, dude. British? Yeah. I thought he liked Vegemite. Okay, the door's over there, buddy. I brought you cookies. Literally wrong continent. Leave the cookies here. You won't need them in prison. Um, wow. Wow, you totally threw me. Um, I only okay. heard like two seconds of okay. him talking, to be fair. Let's get going. So I li- and then watched a, I watched an interview with him, and I just thought, it just seems like kind of a cop-out to, oh, here's some meaning, and I'm an, in an electronic dance uh, disco band, automaton robots, let's go. And it just seems like such low-hanging, and yeah. And to be fair as well, J.K. is not a lyricist. Mm-mm. He's not um, in any way, shape, or form a poet. Uh, he is a style master. Yeah. And he's a master of image, visually speaking, with his hats that he wears. It's a very visual experience, his Very music. much so, yeah, which I totally appreciate and totally like. But I, I found that was a little passe... And it gave the whole album this kind of thematic facade of something deeper that once you get, you crack inside the shell, oh, big surprise, it's all songs about girls and and cars. Just I was like, a little disappointed. Like I w- gotta admit, I was listening to this and I was like, these are a lot of songs about girls and I mean, girls are nice and they make me a little sweat. But they make you a little sweat. Yeah. But I just don't, is that the best you can do? Anyways. But, so, I, you know, I think that it was, in terms of choosing to use that as their marketing, as it were, I think that that was a misstep, and I think that it's kind of, if you're going to make a concept album about robots and the singularity and automatons and stuff, just do it, you know? Just make make a seven-track album, a ten-track album, and have... A simple story about, say, a guy who falls in love with a role, or I, I don't know. Like you can that still said, have your love songs and sing them too. Frigate, you should have done Ex Machina with this. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, that said, though, <sighs> okay. If you don't have anything to say, 
step I off. What I, I, was got, say. I got I got an interview to blaze through here. I had something good. Sorry, go ahead. Um, <laughs> and what you said about his vocals definitely bothered me as well. There, he needs to stretch out a little bit more. He needs to belt out a little bit more. And the smoothness of the vocals, while it goes extremely nicely with um, with the smoothness and the funkiness of the um, you know the jangling. Uh, punchy electric guitar and the smooth silky bass lines and the layers and layers and layers of synth and those crunchy beats um the vocals became not lost but they just became part of the furniture yeah and there is really nothing wrong with that if you want to throw this album on drive and dance and forget that you're in traffic um but for me as somebody who likes to get past the facade of of a song of an album of a band that's the joy for me is tunneling down into music to see what foundations it's built on it's disappointing for me and it's frustrating as well um now there were also a few moments in the album where i feel like the overproduction backfired a little bit in the song uh, we can do it. It definitely became just droning and repetitive, mm-hmm. and I was just sitting there going, you know, I, it's not dancing anymore. I'm banging my head on the desk. Now, with that being said, which I say too much as a pivoting point, the production on the album though is crisp, crystalline, clear, crunchy. I have all those things down for alliteration, and the production is flawless from a mm-hmm. mixing mastering standpoint you literally cannot get better than this and if you want to hear dance music you want to hear disco music um verging on it never really verges on edm edm is i would much say more it verges on it i know it's EDM, in the same way that 68 verges on like screamo they're clearly not but they're neighbors there there are perhaps small elements like the synth but the production is flawless, mm-hmm. and this album is worth a listen and maybe even worth a buy just for that production. I think we should buy it. And just for... I, I was impressed as well by this kind of shell, this carapace of electronica, but within there, mm-hmm. there is a beating human heart. And you can hear at the core of all this... Um, lush soundscape there is a live band yeah you can it, totally. you are given that impression and it's believable even if all this stuff was assembled from samples and built up you'd still have the impression that there is a living breathing band at the center of that mm-hmm. um and then my other criticism of it would be that the ending of the album the final track mm-hmm. ah it was disappointing for an album like this, it's fun, dancey. You kind of have to save some tricks up your sleeve for the last number. Yeah. And just do something wacky off the wall and just finish the party uh, strong. And I just felt like it kind of carried on in the same fashion and then just ended. I, would, I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's like front loaded, but I would say that a lot of the stronger tracks tend to be towards the beginning. There's a noticeable, in my opinion, yeah. lack of dynamic flow throughout the album they they all start off with you know like now i've just got nice in the jungle stuck in my head and then it's 
You know, but we don't need YouTube. That being said, um, easily my favorite that being song. Said. Yeah, I know. I say that too much. Thanks for bringing it up. My favorite song on the album is "Something About You." Now, really, keep in mind this is my favorite song. I love this song. Something. Hold baby. on, hold on. We're gonna dive into the lyrics okay. a little bit here first, and then there is also a, a quote from J.K. about what the song is about. So, I'm gonna go to ver- verse one. Mm. I got a say to think about all the things we did. I couldn't find a way to work it out. I didn't know how to give. It's so tragic to lose that magic. And now I'm alone. I see your smile in every dream. My heart is stone, Why do you have to read baby. These? Why'd I have to be so mean? Feel like dancing. Feel like dancing. Taking chances. It sounds so much better baby, in the song. about you. That I can't let go of since that night. And then something, baby, about you. That was feeling right. Right. We talked about I is one of the most. Some things you don't. Oh. Some things you don't think you're missing. Till you know you want them back so much. Whoa, whoa. Dancing something like I used to do with you. Now, here's the best part. Verse two. I remember oh, no. we were freaks out on the beach like Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> How is he a freak on the beach? <laughs> Sweet love from dusk till dusk to dawn. I don't know what that means. Do you? I, I think it means. means that they had they had an excellent time playing yes. Tetris or something like that. Till the sky Pokemon. ran out of stars. Yeah, feel like dancing. Feel like dancing. This is my favorite part You're ever. Like You're like Candy Crush. Candy Crush. <laughs> And I'm listening to the song, and I'm like, "There's no way he's actually saying Candy Crush." I never heard that. And then I, I, and then I looked, and and it, he says Candy Crush. You're like Candy Crush. Two hits, and I was addicted to ya. Baby gets a rush thinking of these night maneuvers. Again, Tetris. You flip that long piece and slot and it right I was in like, there. Who even references Candy Crush in 2017 or 2016 when these were probably recorded? But and what I'm saying, even these lyrics, even knowing that that's what he's saying. It cannot diminish my absolute enjoyment of how good that song is. And here's here's J.K.'s, uh, just quickly, his quote on the song, which I, he- I heard him say this. It's sort of loosely based on my own experience, <laughs> you know? And, and um, um. <laughs> it's like when you've met someone, but you've got to leave, or one of those shorter romances that you've had, and, you know, you, know, you just can't stop thinking about somebody. I wanted... People to hook onto the chorus, you know, and just have something that was singable. I kind of wanted that without going, ooh, 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 which is one of the dumbest ways to make people get in onto your thing. That's fair. Very fair. I hear it far too much on stuff, and it's a really cheap way of getting people to, getting people to singing track back. I wanted something for people to get onto. So, That's I mean, he's valid, done that. I guess. He's done that, but, you know, his lyrics are crap. They are absolute crap and trash. Here's what I come back to. And I think this would be the best way to sum up my thoughts. Is we sit here and we pick apart and I totally agree with everything you said. And if we had just talked about this, if I was listening to our show paradoxically and had never heard that album, it doesn't sound very good and all those things are very true. But then when I turn it on and I, I blast this album... It's like all sins are forgiven. Like it's frustratingly good, nonetheless. I just think that 
music is inherently like it's inherently joyful whether it's you know a sad song or an angry song but when they it's the joy when, of creation when these happy songs man it's like double happy no but but in all seriousness it's just like a grin inducing album it's really yeah, thrilling like, to listen to you put it on and and i felt like i could dance yeah but I mean, like, I don't think with the crappy lyrics till after, and that doesn't mean like they're not an issue. But it just it just means that you can't enjoy the album on a certain level. Yeah, on a different level, and admittedly, it's a shallower level. But on that shallower level, man, is it a ton of fun, and it is great. Yeah, and will it become one of my favorites, one of my classics? No, probably will not. I, I will I put it on every month or two when I'm doing dishes and just like groove all up and down the sink yes i will yeah i kind of want to buy it now you're free to do so now jason on to the next review joel's and i'll go first c-bon i will take another cookie i've had like probably seven of these ew well maybe not right it's we've reviewed several massive classics on the show, we've reviewed Casablanca. We reviewed. I, did we review Casablanca and Great Gatsby in the same episode? I think yeah. we did. Casablanca, Great Gatsby, uh, Joshua Tree. But I think that Jaws is more cemented in popular culture than any of those. But if you go dun 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 dun, like I know. No, dun, 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 know dun, 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 dun. And uh, to that end, it was really interesting to watch it critically. We have both watched it before. Let's yeah. say that. And you should also describe what Jaws is, even though it's a classic. I guess so. Jaws is a shark movie. It's set in, um... Oh, darn it. What's the town called? Oh, I can picture the town sign. I'm pretty sure it's Sudbury. It's a- It starts with an A. I think. I whatever. Know. Whatever. Okay. So, set in this little town. Amity. Oh, Amity. Um... And they're, you know, a tourist town in America, a beach town. People come to stay there, but then there are shark attacks, and then they have to get rid of the shark. It's Jaws, by the way. The beauty of the story is how simple it is. Yeah. And we've totally lost that for, um, you're talking talking about, you know, with um, uh, the Jamiroquai album, one of my gripes of it, of it was the facade of depth. We've really lost beautiful simple stories like this well told you know Mm -hmm. and now you get your transformers or whatnot and they really attempt to play off like they have a deep story or some kind of labyrinthine plot construction and it's just trash Mm -hmm. you know and it's not entertaining and it's not fun and it's not tense and it's not engaging dare i say it a lot of superhero movies are like that too yeah yeah totally totally that's a great point the uh, and this is what I came back to time and time again while I'm sitting there on the couch with you and dad watching Jaws. Why can't we have blockbusters like this anymore? Where are they? You know what's one that I thought of? Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, that's true. A simple plot construction, gorgeously executed with a funny, memorable, kind of touching characters. Don't get too much into that because we might review that someday. Oh, yeah. Um, but, it's no secret that I love no. that movie. Um... But we just don't have, and I guess we never really have had that, or people never really have no. had, you know, a 
heavy proliferation of amazing blockbusters. I mean, there was Waterworld. Yeah, that's true. But Jaws is just such a simple uh, film that focuses on the feeling of living in that you know uh-huh. small village, and it nails it really well. That was one of the things that I really took away from it. These small... They're not even cameos. Well, I guess you'd classify them as a cameo, but listening to people speaking to each mm-hmm. other in the background, um, just the exchanges between the villager characters are the foundational to this to this movie and to the characters and then to the plot. Not since Fargo have I been so convinced that this is like a real little small yeah, town. You yeah, know? and there's a good chance it probably is, and they just kind of yeah. It but I mean, they it. sold it. Yeah, I know. I totally know what you're saying. But exactly, it feels like a real location inhabited by real, um, believable quirky, people, fun characters. Uh, and then of course the shark attacks, and it it I think thematically is very important for people to see in this day and age because it is a movie about hysteria and about a crowd a mob mentality um uh, uh mark kermode the for foremost uh film critic in the uk hello to jason isaacs amen you know? what a what a show um he he's fond of saying that jaws is not a movie about a shark it's a movie about infidelity he's wrong uh it's because it's based on a book in which one character survives because he didn't sleep with another man's wife, and the one guy, it's implied he died because he did. That's not... And I'm like, Mark, we have to evaluate on the basis of it being yeah. a standalone piece of art, a film. So anyway, I digress. We um, never read the book, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, so it's not about, it's about a shark. Um, but it is also about the mob mentality, hysteria, yeah. which now in the United States with these wild, like, these ridiculous uh, claims about World War Three encroaching and people losing their minds over nothing is more relevant than ever with the advent of social media. These these are themes that we need to be cognizant of. Just today on Facebook, um, one of uh, um, my Facebook friends shared a video and it was like, here's proof that the United States is preparing for a secret war and it was a train full no. of tanks going past somebody who is stopped, like full of, of dozens and dozens and dozens of tanks and then armored vehicles and all this sort of thing. States and never I, had tanks until and now. I, and I opened up the comments because I was like, oh, wow, that's quite interesting. Opened up the comments and there are so many people saying, this is this happens every month. They're going to yeah. Santa Monica. I can show you where this is. This is ridiculous. And people just spreading fear, spreading fear. And that's what Jaws is all about. There's a beautiful um, device that they use and it's, People, people are constantly talking over each other in Jaws. Mm-hmm. There's always a conversational din. Kind, kind of like of our a, podcast. A haze. Exactly. We should have called it that. Conversational din. Oh, I thought you were just going to say Jaws the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. But there's, a, there's a, a conversational din and a haze kind of surrounding all the conversations, everything that's going on. There's always people chattering in the background, even on the beach in the scenes when people are supposed to be relaxing, that's how the tension's built, is yep. the that roar, that building roar of conversation that wells up. Now, I haven't watched a ton of horror movies, but I gotta say, I think it's amazing that this, and it's not really a horror movie per se, but I think it's interesting that this movie has so many horror elements when it mostly takes place, like, on bright, sunny days. Mm-hmm. They build the tension in this really, like... Um, 
not subtle, but almost like subversive way, like very well. In that, like, everyone's standing around, you know they're fine, you know they're safe, but, like, the tension's kind of mounting. And that's something that horror movies just don't understand anymore. They think that in order to pull off a good scare, you hide something in the dark and then you turn the lights on. Yeah. And that the horror, true horror, true fear, comes from seeing something, knowing it's there, and not being able to avoid it or not being able to get out of the way. My laptop's wigging out, so I might lose all of my Jaws notes. All right. Um, Richard Dreyfus as the marine biologist so is good. awesome. You know, I think he oh, was yeah. he's the my favorite character probably yeah. in in the in the film. But the three central performances, I can't remember the names of the other actors offhand right now, but the captain and the sheriff, they make a great trio. Yeah. You know, they really do. And not none of them seem stupid or overshadowed or anything like that. I like how Dreyfus kind of buddies up with the sheriff because he doesn't like the captain and the sheriff doesn't really like the captain either but he's like sometimes sort of annoyed by Richard Dreyfus by like mm-hmm. the professor and the captain kind of doesn't really like either of them but they're kind of forced out at sea together that's a very literary book yeah um or book jeez it's a very literary I wouldn't have caught that film which makes sense because it's based on a book but you have you know old man in the sea you got Moby Dick, classically. Yeah. There's all sorts of these great man versus fish stories. and uh, Or and man at sea. You could throw Life of Pi in there. You yeah, know, it came you could much throw later. Treasure Island in there. There's 20,000 leagues above the sky. Well, thanks for that. Not insight. everyone's going to be a winner. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and I just feel like that lends itself to the classic feel yeah. of the film. And it's that grounded simplicity executed perfectly that makes it so so excellent and uh obviously the score by john williams i'm pretty sure it's john williams who did star wars the guy the guy is is more of a meme than any meme you got the star wars score you got the jaws score yeah you know that's it as far as i'm concerned i can't believe that one guy scored both yeah that's a very nice, tiny little nick you have. I have on your a little arm. owie on my arm. Wow! And he's just sitting there staring at it. And well, I hadn't seen it. He's like subtly little... flexing, and then he keeps. Looking I'm not up subtly at me. flexing. Yeah, it's not even subtly right. And then he keeps looking up at me to. Oh, sympathy, brother! Sympathy, alms for the poor. It'll okay. be amputated before sunrise. Okay. <laughs> wow! I bring you cookies. This is you're so ungrateful. Like I made those brownies last time. You just laughed at me because you didn't appreciate my hard work. To be fair, everybody laughed at you. I drove exactly the opposite direction I needed to drive because I figured goodness me would be closed to go to the Beachwood Zares. I went and I got cookies. There was a man there wearing a tie. Wow. There were people waiting there. Oh, wow. There were other people in the store. And there were lobsters. Wow. And frankly, I don't think anything helped me very See much. See Olivia there? No. Oh. Yes, we know people who work at supermarkets because we're plugged in thanks to this podcast. I thanks never pay for anything at a supermarket because I thanks just to know uh, all the right people. Robert Zares for sponsoring this show and Lloyd Food Basics. Harold <laughs> <laughs> Harold No Frills <laughs> and Jenny Walmart. Uh, Walton is also, their last name. I know that. Shut up. Also, thanks to the uh, King of Admiral Akbar or whatever we said. King of Admiral Akbar. What was this small country we chose? Kuwait. Kuwait. 
I'm sorry, Your Highness. I have more lack bars from... Forgive my... It's a trap. Yes. Okay. Jaws. Do you have your notes? Yep. Read them to me. Um... Bring me your notes! I think Jaws is, like, a total classic. It would be pretty hard not to love this movie. Uh, Sorry. Okay. Yeah? Uh, the... uh, Yeah, exactly. Like, going into this, we're both gonna like it. I think the interesting discussion happens in why you like it. Yeah. So, I actually think that Jaws and Automaton are an interesting pairing, because with Automaton, I didn't know if I would like it, and in some ways I actually thought I wouldn't like it. With Jaws, I was like, I know I'm going to like it, and now the discussion becomes more why, and what we like and what we didn't, because we both like it. I don't think it's one of my favorite movies of all time, but I think it's it's one of the classic movies of all time. Um, The movie was shot to look timeless, which is good, but it also kind of makes the cinematography lack, like, a really strong identity, I felt. It wasn't like... Like, Dad was watching Better Call Saul today... Um, which, in, in my opinion, is one of the best shot shows ever. And you look at that, and there's such a strong character behind um, the the camera angles and the beautiful depth of field and colors. Jaws doesn't really have that. That's kind um, of Steven Spielberg's thing, though. Steven Spielberg has that timeless, vaguely nostalgic feel mm-hmm. to all of his best works. And it's really not bad, but I just found it to be a little bit too transparent as someone who likes photography. I want... I want to think about the the uh, cinematography. Drive was another perfect example of like every shot was so well thought out and just like so perfect. Um, and then Jaws, yeah, it's not bad. It gets the job done, but it's probably the weakest part in my opinion. The uh, There is also a theory, tell me what you think of this, of that when film editing is done really well, you don't notice it. When a film is flawlessly I know, I heard, edited, it just flows. I heard Kermit and Mayo talking about that the other day, actually. I don't agree. I feel like I want to notice the editing. I, I guess like, that's I something... want to appreciate the visual beauty in a movie. I guess that's something that as, you know, artists ourselves, and I guess we could both class ourselves as visual artists as well, um, that maybe it is something that we would yeah. actively engage with the same way that a writer might engage with a you know well-written dialogue on the first yeah. viewing and find pleasure in that. I think that a <clears throat> a well-shot movie should like the shots shouldn't get in your way and they shouldn't there's absolutely a thing as taking it too far where it's just like these shallow depth of field close-ups and the shots not really interesting except that it's so like creamy, you know. Um like a shallow depth of field. I'm just on comfortable with the term creamy it's just this gooey creamy mess um just focused like that's on... a marshmallow like an overcooked marshmallow that... yeah nobody wants an overcooked marshmallow yeah, want... okay if you see too much bokeh <laughs> then the dip the field is too shallow i'm sorry that was just go just go ethnicity. just go um don't look back i think that Jaws himself or herself. We never confirm. That's gender non-binary. Yeah, that's true. Z Jaws. It's non-sexed. Yeah. Um, Which means it's a virgin. Do you think Jaws is a Christian? No. Christians don't eat people, Jason. That's what you think. Um, 
I think Jaws Transubstantiation The Shark Is what I'm talking about now Looks really surprisingly good Before I had ever seen the movie I totally expected it would be like this Inflatable like rubberized like But And I don't think it looks quite as good as movies today But I think that Jaws looks Shockingly good And like If you didn't think about it Like it would never It's not like the X-Files where you see an alien And you're like that's clearly like maple syrup And a shamrock, you know. Oh, this is how they made the aliens in X Files. Very good. I'm surprised <laughs> you know that. Anecdote. Speaking of anecdotes, uh, this one's actually true. Um, one of the reasons why Jaws looks so good is because their budget was so small, and this is true. They wanted to do a lot more close up with the fake rubber shark, but they didn't have the money to do so. So they had to rely on just catching glimpses of it sliding past yeah. in the water, which, oh my word, that's a million times yeah. more scary. Just seeing glimpses of it slithering around the boat, you know, when they're yeah. when they're in it, it's like, oh. And we all have, I think, as as human beings, unless you're weird, a fear of creatures from the water, predators yeah. in the water, because we are not at home in the water. And when you can't see them, but you know that they're stalking you. And you're right out in, in in the wide, wide open space yeah. that is the surface of a body of water. It's terrifying, even just to think about yeah. it. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Shark. I was... Fake yeah, shark. I'll Left say, side. as a child, my... Well, as a young child, my dear brother didn't want to go into the swimming pool for fear of a shark. No. No? I wasn't afraid of a shark. What would happen to me is I get in a pool or body of water, and this can still happen to me today to some extent. And if I'm floating around happy as a clam in any body of water, could be a bathtub. Well, not, it couldn't be a bathtub, but any large-ish body of hot water. Tub? Is a, would a hot tub do it? No. It has to be like at least a swimming mm. pool size. Okay. You start thinking about, wow, like really anything could be beneath me. Like you, ju- I just would place myself in that situation of imagining myself hunted by some sort of aquatic predator, and you just think how powerless you'd be in that situation, and that would really scare me. Just the thought That's of true. it as a child. Nothing um, weird about that. I think the movie is actually very well paced. It's never boring, but it's actually not breathlessly packed with action. And you get There's, that with all classic movies. Yeah, and a lot of modern like superhero. Now, there are some superhero movies I like, but a lot of them I think are really overdone. And I think a lot of them are just too action-packed for their own good. Too formulaic, And it loses impact. But Jaws is like a lot of lead-up, short action sequence, and a lot of cool-down. And it's perfect, and they don't drag it out too much. Um, And even the final, I guess, like, from the point at which the three main characters get on the boat and then go to hunt Jaws, that would be... The final action sequence. Yeah. But even within that, there's rest periods. Yeah. Like, long ones, too. Um, really significant. And I think... The movie really surprised me because I just didn't expect it to be as good in, like, good movie ways. I thought it would just be, like, a cheesy blockbuster. Yeah. But there's a scene when they're out there looking for Jaws. Um, when they're all inside the cabin of the ship, the three of them. And they're, like, drinking and laughing and telling stories. Um... And it does make you more emotionally invested. Like, I'm not going to pretend that this is a tearjerker or anything, but you do, like, enjoy the characters. Like, you start to kind of side with them, and, like, mm, the captain's a little weird. 
And um, that's that's what I mean when I say that it's very literary as well, because that's the sort of thing that a novel or a book yeah. lets you in on, is it lets you mesh and bond with the characters a little bit more than especially block most blockbuster films do. And Jaws is an out-and-out blockbuster. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. It was the first, the father of all blockbusters, really. Yeah. But it's there's not a whiff of art house movie about it. No. And there, like, hmm. there are a couple other what I would consider invalid complaints that I could level against it. Like, I think the mayor's reticence to shut down the beach when, like, it's, like, three people have been eaten and he's like we gotta keep it open yeah i'm like that's not even remotely convincing but i just don't know that we really need to hold the movie accountable for that i think too it's a um you also have to think of the characters as not just characters but also representations of different things so he might be uh greed or or he might stand for just the government in general and to that, I mean, I do know what you mean. Like, it is a That's ridiculous... Like I, said, I don't know that it's really valid, but it's just, like, you know. Perhaps it's overplayed. There's a little too much cheese that he puts mm-hmm. on the roll. But, I mean, I think as a symbolic yeah. sort of thing, I, I still think that that works really well. There yeah. are drugs in the movie. I don't support drugs. Not oh, really. there is. Pass it to the left, man. There yeah. is. They that's ha- quite the that's an interesting opening is they, that how it opens yeah they do a dab on the weed there's no dabbing involved no it's just more like a um blunt well I, no it's just a joint i don't I'm pr- know. i think it's just a I'm, joint who knows i think a blunt's when you mix joint with tobacco and it's supposed to hit you faster does this mean we've exhausted anything useful to talk about you sound exhausted it is so. I woke up today at around seven thirty. I started. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get out my violin. I started my work before I had breakfast. I worked solid till about till about like half an hour before I had to leave at like six fifty. So then I did that for like half an hour. Went out, did jujitsu. It was a really hard workout. Came back here, recorded this, and I feel like I've been decently high energy the whole time and now i'm ready well maybe to eat one final cookie drive off into the sunset of my day okay here i'm putting it in your mouth no i don't want to eat the whole thing at once well you don't have to but i'm putting it in okay. your mouth okay okay there you go thanks ate it like a bird um well then don't leave the next one till last minute was not my fault it, is your, it was your fault you know that it was your no, fault. no it wasn't it was ladies and gentlemen it was his fault Okay, uh, you've been listening to the Good Ship Brothership. Uh, Thank you very much for tuning in. We hope that you enjoyed what we did here today. Uh, Please hit us up. Uh, You can comment on uh, the YouTube video or find us us on Facebook. Um, Let us know if if you didn't like it, what you'd change. We're trying to get better at this whole thing. Next episode, in two weeks' time, we will be talking about... Journey, the video game, by which, that game, which company. is a very arty and critically acclaimed um, cinematic video game experience thing, and that will also be in a certain way a double topic because it's very infamous for its beautiful music score. I own the score on vinyl, and true so that. we'll probably be listening to that and discussing the music in of itself as well. Yeah, that's true. 
uh, and we'll be reviewing that alongside Bring Me Your Love, the hit album by the uh, artist, I think, City and Color. We have no experience really with City and Color at all. I've been told to listen to that man's music multiple times because people think I... I don't know. I've played Journey. I love Journey. No secret. Grant has not experienced it. So it's going to be kind of an interesting discussion. I'll be the pundit. A discussion. A discussion. I'll discuss. We'll discuss. <laughs> I will be the pundit. You will be the apprentice. Yes. Uh, As and always. then And then Kendrick Lamar's new album, Damn, which has dropped. Period. Um, damn. Half a period. Oh, I well, half a period. A, I didn't even put a period you Just there. Can you type half a period? I cannot type half a period. I can't cut it off on the Photoshop. Um uh, damn, Kendrick Lamar's new album has dropped to uproarous. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Uproarous? Um, acclaim. I have purposefully held off listening to any of it except his singles. Okay, so we're so. burning up time here. This is just supposed to be. So, uh, I'm going to have we've a got fresh opinion. Okay. Zip it! Okay, so Kendrick Lamar's album, Damn, has dropped to uproarous. Complaint. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I have ordered the CD. It's on its way to us uh, tomorrow when it releases. We will, I've heard it already, but we will give it a quick listen together. We will do a knee jerks on it, and then we will just state and give it a proper review, unlike these other 12 hour quote unquote review hacks who put up their bilge on social media just to get views. We're not here for the views, ladies and gentlemen, but we are. Please view. Please like. Please watch this four times. We can get those like Dairy Farmers Association ads. <laughs> the uh there's like the cat playing with the piece of cheese <laughs> or do cry over spilt milk yeah it's canadian milk these are the ads we have in canada oh, so it's just like freeze frames of milk spilling and then like people crying operatically milk. crying with tears aren't they crying milk no you don't cry milk <laughs> not even cows cry you, milk okay if you drink off milk, would you be able Ladies and gentlemen, cry it's, milk? Been a, it's been a pleasure. I'm so sorry that <laughs> this is how we had to there's anyone it? who could cry milk? <laughs> cry me a milk river, maybe. <laughs> cry me a dairy farm. Film, music, gaming, literature, and... Turbo Speedy.